We are entering the fourth day of the defense's arguments on the trial of Officer Jason Van Dyke following the killing of Laquan McDonald. Our colleagues at our sister station, WBEZ, have been following the case, the trial, and the city's reaction to it, all in their podcast, 16 Shots. Joining us on the line to give us the latest from the courtroom is WBEZ politics and criminal justice reporter and producer of the 16 Shots podcast, Patrick Smith. Patrick, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm not the one that has to go to the the courthouse every day. Uh, We are in day four. We're about to start day four of the defense's arguments here. But what were the takeaways from last week when the prosecution presented their case? Well, I think um, one of the biggest takeaways for me was a video that they showed that was not that dash cam video uh, that I think most of your listeners probably have seen and remember the Bashkin video showing Laquan McDonald's death. Instead, this was another video, um, because you'll probably remember that the Bashkin video is silent. So even though we know 16 shots were fired, you can't hear them. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to tell when they stop and start. And using this ballistics expert, the FBI put on a video, or ballistics expert from the FBI, prosecutors put on a video that showed someone shooting 16 times in 14 seconds, which is how long their experts estimated that the shooting lasted. And just watching it, hearing the gunshots go off really stuck with me because it really sounds very slow and methodical. It's just, you know, it's not this, this burst of firing that's over in an instant. It feels like somebody taking their time. Now, we don't know if that's exactly the rate that Jason Van Dyke was shooting at, but I think that that really stuck with the jury, too. And I know that's why prosecutors were doing it, was to try to paint this pretty disturbing image in in the heads of of the jury. Mm. So uh, as of this week, what key points and witnesses have the defense presented to counter the prosecution's argument? Well, I think yesterday was the defense's best day so far, um, and it was not perfect for them, but uh, they had a um, truck driver. He's the one who called 911 um, about someone breaking into trucks and stealing radios. That's the, that's the call that brought the police over to near 41st and Pulaski, and that eventually brought Jason Van Dyke over there. Um, he told the story of the person who he saw breaking into radios. He never actually identified the person as Laquan McDonald, but no one's disputing that it was Laquan McDonald. Um, he described that person um, twice trying to stab him. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that the defense has been doing is is they, they are essentially putting Laquan McDonald on trial. They're trying to show that he was, you know, essentially a danger to society. This was the first time, to my mind, that they really brought that point home at all. You know, the story, it was told through an interpreter, but the story that the truck driver told was, was very harrowing about, you know, somebody trying to stab him when he was just sort of parking his truck after after work. Uh, and they also had another expert witness, or they had another witness yesterday who was another officer on the scene who who said that uh, Laquan McDonald, looked, her quote was that he looked deranged before the shooting, again, going to that idea that he was dangerous. So um, yesterday was the first day that I think they started to, to to maybe get into the minds of jurors that that Laquan McDonald was actually a threat that night. Joining me on the line, Patrick Smith from WBEZ. He's giving us an update on the Jason Van Dyke trial. So uh, yesterday we also learned that one witness presented an animated video that left uh, spectators divided on its impact. Can you tell us what that video entailed and what that video was supposed to intend to do? 
Yeah, so this was a video that, that the defense um, asked a company to create for them. Uh, they showed it on Tuesday when the expert who created it testified. Basically, they used like laser imaging and drone footage to recreate the um, shooting scene um, sort of in like 3D animation. I mean, the, the guy who made it even even described it being like Toy Story, um, which is a troubling comparison considering what we're yeah. what this trial is about. Um, and the point was to show this shooting from Jason Van Dyke's perspective. And so they played what I thought was a really creepy looking video, just because, you know, that sort of um, the uncanny valley. It's yeah. like, it looks like a video game, but it's not a video game. You know, you're showing the actual death of the person, mm. but it, it looked like a video game. And the point was to show it from Jason Van Dyke's perspective. And, and I think the takeaway that they wanted everyone to have was that Laquan McDonald does look closer, you know, at least based on this 3D rendering. If you're looking at it sort of over Jason Van Dyke's shoulder, mm-hmm. Laquan McDonald looks closer to him than he does from that dash cam video that, that, that we've all seen of the death. Um, but I will say that there were other things about it that I don't think worked well for the defense. So that, that's something that they did get across. You know, if the jury believes in this video, Laquan McDonald does look a lot closer than he does from the dash cam video. But, that video does not show Laquan McDonald swinging the knife, as has been described in police reports. It does not show Laquan McDonald advancing toward Jason Van Dyke, as has been described in police reports. It, Laquan McDonald is almost past him. That's one thing that you can't see from the dash cam video, but does come up in this 3D video, which is that Laquan McDonald, you know, he's walking. He's almost walked past Jason Van Dyke before the shooting starts. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, you know, their point was to... to make the threat real for the jury, I think, and I'm not sure that that video did that. So who are we expected to hear from this morning in day four of the uh, defense's defense? Well, I know that we're going to hear more, at least one more witness who's supposed to testify, and this is a legal term, this is not my term, but they're supposed to testify to Laquan McDonald's propensity for violence. Um, Mm. These are witnesses that, that are allowed to be called in cases where there's um, dispute over whose fault it is that there was like a violent interaction. And so they testified, you know, oh, well, well, Laquan McDonald had been violent before. And so that's what, so the jury should weigh that when considering whether or not it was his fault that this happened. Um, I don't know what the, the witness today is going to say. I'll say that they've called a bunch of these witnesses already who are supposed to be testifying to his, again, quote, propensity for violence. And none of them have been very. I don't, I don't know. They, they haven't described much violence. They've described outbursts and threats well, and, and sort of resistance while Laquan McDonald has been in juvenile lockup, mm-hmm. but nothing that, that anything like, you know, what the defense is claiming, which is that Laquan wanted to stab someone that night. No one's, no one's described any actual violence. They've described verbal threats, and they've described like, oh, it's like jail guards being like, you know, yeah, we were trying to put him back in his cell, and he, he resisted us. I don't know that most people would consider that violent. And I think the point of them so far has been to just keep hammering to the jury that he was in juvenile lockup a lot. And and so it's really not to prove the propensity for violence. They're just trying to sort of dirty up his name, basically. Patrick Smith is on the line from WBEZ. We're talking about day four of the defense's arguments in the Jason Van Dyke trial. Now, uh, so far, we have not heard from Jason Van Dyke. Do we know if he intends to testify on his own behalf? 
We do not. The defense has been cagey about that. His attorneys have not said one way or another whether or not he's going to testify. I have, you know, myself and, and my colleagues have been talking to attorneys about whether they think he will. And what we've heard from almost every defense attorney is that, that he has to because if you're claiming, I mean, this is essentially like if he wasn't a police officer, if he was a civilian, he's essentially claiming self-defense. Mm -hmm. And what they say is that if you're claiming self-defense, you have to get on the witness stand and explain why you were in danger. Otherwise, the jury is going to hold that against you. They're, they're instructed not to hold it against you, but mm -hmm. they will just, I mean, that's what attorneys are saying. It's like it's kind of impossible not to say, well, why didn't he get up there and talk? However, we've also heard some people who think that him getting on the stand would be a huge risk because the cross-examination would be so tough. I mean, they have that video. We already saw them. They, when, when the prosecutors questioned his partner, um, you know, the, his partner just sort of stuck by his story that Laquan McDonald was coming at them with a knife. And so they said, you know, where does that happen on this video? I'm going to play the video. You stop me when that actually happened. Mm -hmm. and, and he couldn't do that because it's not in the video. And so, you know, I think Jason Van Dyke's attorneys know that that's going to happen to him, too, if he gets on the witness stand. Well, we would love to check back in with you after the defense rests and while the, the jury deliberates. Uh, and also, I, I want to take this opportunity to uh, thank you and the rest of your team for the for the great journalism you all are getting done with 16 Shots. Thank you for, for providing so much great information for us. Thanks so much for having me. Love to be on.